This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. A new poll out this week shows what Coloradans are thinking here at the end of 2023, and there are so many stories hiding in these numbers. So we've got two of our favorite guests on today to tear it all up and put it back together. Then, our favorite annual tradition. We're crowning the most epic wins and fails of the year. And yes, this episode is explicit. Today is Friday, December 15th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city where it's beginning to feel a lot like time to fight about snow removal. Oh, oh. is it? Are we Are we there yet? I kind of got the feeling coming in this morning. Yeah, it was snowy. Yeah. My north-facing sidewalk is still oh. quite snowy. I mean, there was still snow from last time. Oh, man, I know. Growing up, our, I lived on a hill and we just called it Ice Mountain Yeah. for like yeah. seven months out of the year. Yeah. But... I don't know. Well, we'll Soon see. Enough. Soon we'll enough. We'll see we'll how be that plays out politically. So Bree Davies is here. Uh, we're in the 5280 Magazine studios. It's Friday. Um, we have a couple of great guests joining us today. Returning favorites uh, to help us with a, a favorite holiday tradition later in the show. Um, politics and Green Chili correspondent Justine Sandoval is here. Hey. Hey, hey how's it going? It's going great. Good to see you this morning. Um, also joining us, stand-up comics slash co-chair of the Denver American Indian Commission slash... Sometimes the guy in the gorilla suit at Casa Bonita, Joshua Man, Emerson. That, how dare you? All right. First of all, we don't have the rights to it. Okay. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Well, it's not the old gorilla for those of us old school people. It looks yeah, a no, lot like member pig. I, I think you're talking about, uh, yeah. So the, the name of the gorilla, all right, is Moko. Uh, the mother is Nikita. That's who Moko. you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sometimes I do dress up as a gorilla and that's how I pay rent. So shout out. <laughs> Moko. Okay. It's the coolest job. I when like you told it. me that the fact that they don't have the rights to man bear pig, but now people are calling it man bear pig, the guy in Casmanita is like and then we, crazy that that happened. And then we have to actively like, oh, what are you talking about? That's three different animals. Are you drinking too much? Like we <laughs> get trained on like how to like how navigate. How do they not have the, they are South Park. How do they not have the, I know. Uh, I know. Corporate, uh, how? I mean, corporate America yeah. and art. Ugh. Also, like, why would you make the costume look like man bear pig? You yeah. know what I mean? At that point. Exactly. Yeah, so. I'm just sitting here in complete fascination by all this information. I'm like, what? About <laughs> TV? <laughs> have you been to Costa Bonita? I have finally went. Okay. And What's your review? My review was, it looked it looked the same, like, as yeah. when I was a kid. So I was trying to figure out what the, I guess it was like a $40 million steam cleaning, mm -hmm. basically, because the floor is not sticky anymore. And it really made me think there was a lot wrong with that building. <laughs> Oh, that they yeah. Had was the big issue. But yeah, it brought back all the same memories, the same feels. It smelled the same <laughs> as you walk in. So. The food? You like the food? Um, it was better. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody said. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was edible. Great. It was better. I mean, but again, you don't go for the food. Yeah. You know? Would have been side. nice if you could. Yeah, I, yeah, but again, it's for children <laughs> mostly. I don't I don't remember ever caring about it as a kid, do you? I rarely. No. Well, my mom always complained oh, really yeah. hard about it. Like, oh, we have to eat there, though. It's so nasty. <laughs> so that but is the upgrade. As a kid, upgrade. you got fried, like, the fried foods or the chicken tenders are, like, safe. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. did get the pinata plate, though. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Cosmonita more later in the show. We'll leave it there for now. Let's move into our top story. Something of a follow-up uh, to a show we made a few months ago. I talked to Westward editor Patty Calhoun about this new polling company based here, Colorado Polling Institute. They had done some local issues polls. Now they have a new statewide poll, um, and it's got a whole bunch of uh, really interesting numbers about what Coloradans think. Um, I love this stuff. Do you all love this stuff, Justine? You're a politics person. Oh, yeah. We yeah. love polls. It's the best, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you Let's get to know what people poll. think. It gives you purpose, you know? Not all polls. 
<laughs> depends on who's giving who's depends who's on the, out the result poll. of the data. You know, yeah, <laughs> we like some more than others. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about polls is that you get to see the biases of different people. Like, what are they pulling out from the data mm. to try to extrapolate? Because statistics, the statistics are statistics, but people like to manipulate them. You know, yeah. for their own gain. You all can the time. shape them yeah. based on how you talk about them or what exactly. you, how you ask people the questions in the first place. Well, let's do it right now. Let's do our own shaping. Here's here's the first takeaway from this poll. Um, this is the question about whether or not Colorado is moving in the right direction. And so in this case, they found, you know, polling statewide voters that uh, people in Colorado are slightly optimistic about the direction of the state. 50% say that we're moving in the right direction. 43% were on the wrong track, which is actually better than people said about Denver. Brie? I Justine, what is this kind of, this feels so vague to me. Moving in the right direction. As a person that looks at this from like a political analyst perspective, what are you looking at that for? Like what it what would what would be taken into consideration out of an answer like that? I think one thing would be like going forward as far as like state policy. Um, you know, are we our state legislature looking at things that are gonna help improve quality of life, access to affordable housing? All of those. So the big things that they might take on in the legislature. Yeah, I think. Is it popular or not? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just this just felt so vague to me. I didn't have know how to have feelings about it. Uh, I thought it was interesting that when you split it up between people that were born here, uh, stable, stable transplants and then like actual transplants, all the optimism is coming from the transplants. And, and the people that Fascinating. have been, it, yeah, weird, huh? <laughs> is it weird though? <laughs> That's is what Denver's the... all about. People come with big dreams, you know. You think you're going to find your future in Denver. That's and what then this place is. You live is. here for your whole life, <laughs> yeah. And you, realize... I think, and you realize you realize the dream is starting to die after you've been here forever, and maybe stuck favorite here. restaurant closes. <laughs> your baby, yeah. Are you guys okay? Like, you guys need a hug? Is it I like do, that? I'm glad you brought this up, though, yeah. because it's like you and Paul are are that side mm-hmm. of it, and yeah. Justine and I are the the old Denver side of it. And I don't, I don't think, I just don't, I don't know. Do you I have like, the optimism, Bree? I, I don't, I don't know if I have. Op, I feel like I'm just in the middle. It's like I don't know. I'm here. Yes, I'm not that's going how anywhere. I constantly feel. I'm not. I'm just like Riding in the, the middle of all of it, hoping it gets happening. better. <laughs> and I'm just here, and I'm. My family has been here for five generations, so I'm going to be here another <laughs> generation just figuring it out. So, yeah, it's not as exciting as, you know, it once was. I can see, though, that feeling, though. Like, I lived in New York for a year, and I remember wandering around just like, oh, my God, oh, this yeah. is the greatest place I've ever been. Any kind of food I want, any band I want to see, any art, you know, yeah. any art exhibition will come through New York. Wow. People are coming here with a dream. Yeah, so I get and it. a hope and a prayer. What, what I like. My city is it. What I like about that is that even if y'all don't feel optimistic, you're also like, I'm also going to be part of the solution too. Like I'm here for anyways. Sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm going to try to make it better. And like, that. yeah. What can we do to make it better? Yeah. For sure. Ex- we have cities change, things change, and you just if you don't, yeah. If you don't have an optimistic view of it, it's like it's just going to be harder for you every day. You know, try to be. I like stable transplant, though. I've never heard that. <laughs> that I, I, I want that on a T-shirt yeah. for sure. Ooh, like, I we should make those. Definitely staying here. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I know people always tell me like, "Well, I moved here, but in like 1972," yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, I'm not talking about the, you. I'm not the caveat." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "No, no, you're you're fine." My best friend's from LA, but she's been here for like 20 years, and she's like, always I'm like, "I'm from LA, but but." Stable transplant. Mm -hmm. T-shirts coming soon. Um, So we're talking about solutions. Here's a big problem we could use some solutions to. Housing. Um, They polled on this across the state and, quote, a stunning 63% of voters say they expect things to get worse in the future when it comes to Colorado being a good place to buy a home, including 33% who say much worse. Much worse. I mean, the data data of the housing market bears that out to me. Anybody trying to buy... I was telling you yesterday, Paul, I have some friends that were like in the process buying a house and then it was like, okay, wait, after interest rates, it's going to be twice as much as we're paying for our apartment, which is fine. So we'd Mm -hmm. rather not, but they really want to. It's just not financially viable. And I think that's the hard part when we talk about the transplant narrative too, is people do want to stay here. We don't make it very easy sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And the people that did were able to get in during the last boom, like now there's this phenomenon happening where people got in at the low interest rates. And then even if they're like having, they're making more money or maybe moving forward in their careers, the they don't want to leave because you got such a good situation and you're only going to get a worse interest rate on your next mortgage. That is my experience exactly. We bought our house in 2018. We could definitely, we've thought about, we, you know, our family grew. We'd like a bigger house. We're not leaving that interest rate behind. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. So we may never, we never, yeah. may never move. And then that also leaves that first time home buyer option off the market because we have one of those lower priced houses that probably would be more accessible to somebody. But yeah, the overarching problems of like uh, just the housing supply, the construction costs, uh, those aren't going away. Those are like long term things. It's harder to build in in this environment, and so it's going to stay expensive because people like to live here. Totally. Uh, Joshua, here's one I want to ask you about. This is something they did that I thought was just, this was like, wow, what a good idea. They made a distrust index. <laughs> so so they asked people like, which of these institutions do you trust the most? And across Colorado, the thing people trust the most, small businesses, I'm just going to go down the list. Small businesses is one. Election workers and ballot counters is number two. Local government, then state government, then <laughs> journalists. That says a lot to me about who's made this poll. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think about that? People that don't like journalists. <laughs> yeah, like why are we even in the mix? There's only us and election workers, the only two there's jobs. There's narratives about journalists. It's, I thought that was so stupid. I was just like, oh, who cares what journalists, like who cares who distrusts journalists? But you trust your weird friend on Facebook that spreads like conspiracy theories? Okay. Hmm. What about that guy? Are you saying it's like anti-intellectualism? No, not intellectualism yeah. as much as just like it's the narrative that's been going on for the last – I mean especially in the Trump era. Like uh -huh. don't trust journalists. Fake news. Right? Fake news. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's where that's where the, the root of that question is to me. Joshua, how do you feel about the distrust index? You know, I, I was actually the one leading the uh, charge on distrust in journalists. So okay, this great. actually cool. hurt. Perfect, because I was doing that for comedians. Oh, really? I was like, do you trust your local comedian? Okay, don't trust your local comedian, first of all. All right. <laughs> oh, we're not we're not trustworthy. Um, don't tell my landlord. Uh, uh, I, I, with this, it's, it's kind of interesting, I would say. I But it's also, it's, I don't. Uh, one thing about polls and stuff like that, I, I just don't believe people. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of watching revealed preference, and basically, you have to watch what people actually do. That's the strongest indicator of how people are going to act in the future. That's always been the case. And so, when people say they distrust the federal government, I want to see what their actions say, um, or, or distrust journalists. Are they reading what you're writing? Who cares if they say they distrust you? They're 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 reading what you're writing. Name one journalist. Name uh, one. Uh, Bree Davies. <laughs> Questionable. She's questionable. That's true. Um, Justine, let's bring us more politics insights on this. What are you looking at? What do you? What is meaningful to you in this poll? Well, I mean, this whole distrusting journalist thing has been a real pain in our ass when it's coming to get people to show up at the ballot box and vote as an informed citizen. Um, if everything that you don't like in the media becomes fake news, then we're just walking around like crazy people with that, like distrusting everything. Mm. And so that's been a big problem for us. Um, yeah, just getting people to come out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these both. lies and this distrust of the media has led to huge consequences. And, you know, our whole democracy is really in peril at the moment because of this type of distrust. Mm. So it's interesting to see where that's landed, you know, like years later since 2016 on, yeah. that that's even like a polling question moving forward. And it kind of says that the other side's using that still as a strategy going forward because it's oh. been very effective. So they're polling on that now so they that's can use I that read. data. Um, so that. yeah, that's alarming to me. And I'm like, okay, this is something now I'm going to take back to the political strategist world and think about. Yeah. <laughs> Well, lots to think about in that poll. We're going to put a link to the whole report in our show notes if you want to take a look at it. But right now we're going to go to a break. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. 
There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. This episode is brought to you by the Denver Botanic Gardens. It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. Shop from 15 different plant divisions, including annuals, houseplants, herbs and veggies, and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag, and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org. All right, we're back. Here we are. It's time to do it. Our favorite annual tradition, wins and fails of the year. The Rocky Mountain highs and lows of 2023 here in Denver. Things that were great, the people did great, big wins, big fails. Face plants, flops, what are they? Who's going to get the title? Biggest fail of the year. I wouldn't want it. Personally, no. no I would. Oh, you think you're in the We're running? Settle it. Could be. I'm on the list. <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, I mean, not high on the list. I don't know. I'm sure I did. Well, some name, stuff one thi- name one name thing. Name one thing. <laughs> did you cut somebody off? Did you? Were you passive aggressive? Give me a few minutes. We'll come back. We'll come back to you. All right. Come back to me. Good. I'll think of something. Um, but right now, we'll, let's. We're, we're going to do fails first. Um, we're just going to throw some options out here, some nominations, and then we're going to pick one. All right. So, Bree, do you want to give us a, start us off here? Give us some options. I have two that I feel like are kind of connected. One is that the Denver Diner building opened this year as a Chase Bank, which sucked. <laughs> um, it, talk about just like, okay, reuse of a space, I guess, but you just like took the windows out. It was such a beautiful. It doesn't look like there was anything there before. No. It just looks like there's a bank forever. It's so depressing to me. It was such a cool space. And I know the Denver Diner closed. Could another restaurant have gone in there? I would love to. I think that place was packed all the time. Hmm. At any rate, it just bums. It's just ugly, crappy architecture now. It took mm-hmm. a really beautiful building. And then on the other side of that, Tom Starlight, the restaurant closed and that was also – that was an actual preservation fight that I don't think was the right way to go. Hmm. And I just feel like as much as I loved that – I love the uh, Tom's Diner, Tom Starlight building. It's gorgeous. I don't know if the end result of making Tom <laughs> making Tom Messina become a restaurateur again yeah. when he clearly wanted to retire. Yeah, to start a whole new thing. I, we were there, Paul. We've, yeah. we've talked about this. We, we – uh, observed him just looking like, please get me out of here. And they, you know, he finally was like, forget it. I'm done. And I just, I don't know if that, I don't know if preservationists were in the right place with that one. So those were just two kind of fails for me, what we could have done with buildings and what businesses. I also think it's kind of interesting that if Tom Starlight, that type of business was on 17th instead of on Colfax, it would have done much better. Mm. It's like understanding what Colfax culture is, even yeah. with, even going through Cap Hill and North Cap Hill. Like, it was kind of too like schmancy. Exactly. Yeah. And Especially that, for that area, like oh, that absolutely. particular area. Yeah. It needed Colfax. to be something need to be something more accessible. Like it was a diner forever and diners are these intersections of humanity. Something where we, broader. Yeah, where we see all kinds of people. Because not only did you seen. ask him to be a restaurateur, you asked him to be a totally different type of restaurateur yeah. than he's ever been. I and, think he wanted to be that. I think oh, this is really? personally, I think this really? was his lifelong dream where he had this idea of like, if I ever open another place, it would be a swinging sixties, you know, it's cabana beautiful. bar, Las Vegas style cabana bar. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, it's a cool idea. It's beautiful, but I agree. It just maybe didn't match what would the clientele would actually be for a place on Colfax, mm. you know? That is a great contender for fail of the year, I yeah. think. Very interesting. Joshua, do you want to give us a couple more nominations? Yeah, I got I got one big one. Okay. Uh, it, it's Lowen Bobert. Uh, <laughs> you know, the whole Beetlejuice <laughs> thing, 
is hilarious. All right. If you one, the fact that you can watch the tape and watch what she's doing with that man and watch her pull out the vape, watch her turn around and be like, I'm gonna do this vape in and front yell of the pregnant and, woman. And yell at the pregnant woman. You can watch her walk out of the lobby after being asked out, and she does like this little readjustment. Iconic. All right. See, it is are you pro surveillance? I feel like this is a Play for more I'm surveillance. Not, I'm not pro surveillance. I just think it's hilarious. You know, you got to find the funny parts of uh, a fascist system. Yeah. All right. And no, that is a fair point. I, I've always said that. I saw this as a win for people of Colorado because <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. She was and I do have the image yeah. of her walking out, adjusting her tab, saying, Do you know who I am? <laughs> You know it's bad when someone says that. If you have to <laughs> announce that, call the mayor. It's kind of like people that call themselves classy. They're not. And we wouldn't even never saw the video if she would have just chilled out when they told her to calm or, down. You think? Or, or just I point wonder. blank lied that the smoke. Her she had her office send a press release that that smoke was part of the show. You guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then and she, then she was, was like, psych, <laughs> okay, the video's here. It yeah. was my giant vape cloud. Yeah. Well, it seemed like that's how it went down because there was all of the time, like Lauren Boeber got kicked out. And mm -hmm. then now someone would have pulled the footage, like pull that. that also, <laughs> it's Colorado. Do we think we don't know what a vape cloud looks like? We've all pulled up next to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like at a stoplight and someone's just fully, you can't even see them in their car. I can, I can smell it through the computer. All right, <laughs> it was bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so she's a win and a fail. She could be a win and a fail. She's yeah. up for both, nominated for both. She exposed herself in a way that maybe may make her unpopular enough to not be reelected. I mean, uh, yeah. When did she if get reelected? Next hand June job is her primary. To do it. Oof. Yeah. You know. Is it Kirsch? Is that, is that who's Frisch that? is the Democrat Frisch, yeah. that she's yeah, likely going to be facing like in November. The people. Republican that seems to be fundraising the most is a guy named, I think, Will Hurd. Yeah. Hurd. And I remember this. It's like we want Boebert to win the primary because she's less electable in the general election. Oh, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I would, I, I would not yeah. deign to say. I think that's a very interesting race, actually. And there's a lot happening with it. We, we might have to talk about that on a different show. Westlope, Bestlope, you know. Right, right. You're proud Says Durango who, pride. You? That's right. Go for Lewis, baby. So it's funny you said that because it was just the whole CPR story on, is it Western Slope or West Slope? Really? Yeah. And it's I was both. like, I said West Slope, best of Slope. That's what I said. That's what the hmm. cool kids say. Yeah. You know? hmm. <laughs> um, Justine, you got some fails? You want to give us some nominations? Okay. I've got a lot for this year. But one of them was that Denver is no longer the nation's top weed city. Mm. And that becomes a fail because everyone was banking on that weed money to be sufficient for a long time. And now that people aren't spending, we're not the top weed city, that means a lot of the money and the things that we're going to spend it on Go are on. That money's going, going out elsewhere. the door. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors that play into that. But there's a lot of things that the weed industry is dealing with right now. Declining sales, of course. All of these rocks. Robberies that happened with yeah. like the oh. stolen cars. Um, My you know, friend was talking to her bud tender, and he was one of the guys that got held up, and it terrified the shit out of him. She said it shook him so hard, and I can't imagine. I bet. Again, we're talking about people in like hourly service jobs. Yeah being on the front lines of something really scary like that. Is the regulations around this industry just don't make sense at this point. We're 10 years into it. We have the people using cash for their businesses, like, and right. we expect them to grow. It's kind of yeah. like asking And then you're surprised an armed robber show armed robbers up show, yeah, exactly. and sell your product and your cash. I mean, yeah, they've, they try to set it up with all of these regulations. I don't, like, you know, to monetize off of it, but to set up, like, these respectability guidelines around it. And it actually just turned into a whole other cartel. <laughs> of drug business in Colorado, and it's just not working. But yeah, that's a big fail. Couldn't agree more. Great fail, great fail. Um, I got one. I, I have two that I brought for fails, and these are two I think are real serious contenders for fail of the year. One is Kwame Spearman, who mm. was one of the 17 people who ran for mayor and then was the only one who dropped out because he was polling so poorly. Then the- And didn't tell, didn't tell didn't his, tell campaign. his campaign. Manager, right. she really? learned from like Facebook or something. Like, oh, I'm fired. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, what? So it was lovely to watch. It all was. Of that. I did I enjoy the burn down of that one. I did enjoy that one too. 
So he lost the race for mayor. Then the company that he was the CEO of, Tattered Cover, declared bankruptcy. And then he ran for school board and lost. So that's three big losses. Uh, they all add up to perhaps the fail of the year. Uh, that's impressive, like the range of failure throughout this year in particular. In one calendar that, year. That's, a, I mean, to run for two different offices and lose both of them and to also put one of the most, uh, like the favorite institution of tattered cover into bankruptcy. Now, I don't think that one's all his fault, but he definitely played a part. Yeah. Well, when you're going to be the loudest voice as the representative of it, people are going to look at you when that stuff happens. Yeah. And he you ran know? for office and the whole the lawsuit thing came out with him being like abusive to employees. So that image of the tattered cover shutting down is like connected with him. Tattered cover closing locations was one of my contenders. Oh, for really? Fails. Yeah. Okay. And but I you package up nicely with it being a whole Kwame thing. Yeah, it fits. <laughs> what else you got, Justine? What else? Yeah. Uh, for other fails, yeah. let's see. I had one that really stuck out to me, and it's an overall like theme throughout the year was gun violence. And uh, yeah, I that one when I went through, I went through the entire year of oh, news stories no. for several hours, and that was a theme amongst every week. Um, you know, there was uh, shootings at East, the East yeah. High School shootings. Oh, that was this year. Yeah, Gosh. there were two, yes, two shootings at East High School. Um, you know the shooting at the Tesla charging station, uh, road rage, domestic violence, just constant stories. And since uh, 2021, we've hit a 40-year high in gun violence in Colorado. And um, in one week, at the end of May, there were 21 shootings and six people killed in Colorado this My year. Gosh. Also, including in that, suicide rates were also up too with guns, which is the number one cause of gun hmm. death is through is suicide. suicide. So that was wow. one thing that was really glaring to me this year um, was the amount of gun violence throughout the state. That makes me think about the poll again and people being optimistic about the direction our state's going and all the shootings that we've had, the high-profile shootings, the day-to-day -day shootings. That's a good one. That, well, that one, not a good one, but it could be the fail of the year. That is a contender. Contender, yes. Um, My question is, Cowboy Crocs, win or fail? <laughs> That's the final question. My shipment needs to arrive, then I'll tell you. I'll tell you how they look. I, I'm an Uggs apologist. I'm not a Crocs apologist, so I don't really have a dog. Does, uh, you're so a, a cowboy, apologist? A cowboy slipper? No. Oh wow. That those are ugly. I have those about are 20 ugly. pairs. Um so is do we have our list? Justine, do you have more? Because we got a pretty good list here. I had a just you know an honorable mention. Uh the <laughs> Chubby's heir who was accused of skimming three hundred and twenty-four thousand oh, yeah. <laughs> Which location? Of the OG, the 38th and Le Pen one. But I thought, you know, why is this a fail? Because homeboys taking money. And that's going to put Chubby's at risk of closing one day or some Kwame bankruptcy will stuff for Chubby's. And then what will his hungry Northsiders do at 10 p.m. on a Thursday night <laughs> when you have no, the munchies? No, I'm with you. <laughs> also, it's just a bummer story. Like, it's yeah. a local business with fa like this it's deep family lore. And it explains why my special, what you got on, and my fries is like $30 now. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. All right. All right. Chubby's, Chubby's, the, the theft from Chubby's. That's up there. That's not good. But we also got Kwame Spearman's bad year, gun violence, the weed sales, weed sales continuing to slump, Lauren Bobert's big, big night at Beetlejuice, Tom Starlight closing. That's a, that's that's a gnarly one. list right there. We're going to get to some wins too. I found wins much easier personally. Okay. Although, again, back to the poll. Um, and then the Denver Diner building as a yeah. Chase Bank. That's kind of just part of the Tom's Diner or Tom's Starlight is more the subject of should yeah. we preserve everything this way? Oh. I know. That's a touchy subject for for folks. but Well, <sighs> Lauren Boebert is up there for me. Yeah. That's a big one. Oh, because that was nationwide. Yeah, uh, and it's it Denver centric enough for our list personally. But go ahead. No, I think I think it's it's Denver centric, but it became so such a big fail that it went nationwide. That's what I'm saying. It was such an embarrassment. That's true. And it, the, how many times has she been reelected? You know, and just to see because she's been this 
for so I long. Know. And then this is this isn't like she was building up to this. She's just been this and then it's finally uh, for saw. everybody to That's see. That's what I said. She's been acting ratchet for years. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> she's been in the streets. And so it's like just going back to who she is. I don't think anyone should be shocked that she was wilding out in the theater. Like, yeah, she's been crazy. The cops, she has a, a lengthy police arrest record <laughs> for like pit bulls and stuff. That's some hood stuff that I like, <laughs> she has like pit bull charges and like she's she's very ratchet. Oh, so record. perfect for the <laughs> vaping in the theater and blowing it on a pregnant person. I don't even have a pit bull charge. <laughs> uh, Brie, what are you, where are you leaning here? I don't know. Bobert, They're all Kwame. so good. Kwame to me is very Denver centric because it includes yeah. so many institutions of you know the government. He touched a lot. So many ways. Tattered cover. <laughs> you failed in Denver. Just like just. Hmm. I don't know. Justine, between those two, do you have a do you have a pick? I like Kwame personally because yeah, it is. It's kind of personal. Yeah, on, like it feels a Denver a level. Personal. And like I said, the Bobert thing to me is a win because it's hilarious. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Well, I think that's it then. Kwame Spearman's oh. big year. Fail of the year. Fail of the year. Yeah. 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 Fail of the year. 2023 goes to Kwame Spearman. Oof. Sorry, Kwame. Um, I believe in you. One. I think you're going to have a better 2024. Um, we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be back with the good stuff. Wins of the year. This episode is brought to you by Fetch. Fetch is a kennel alternative right here in Denver, not a traditional doggy daycare or boarding school. They offer one-on-one private pet care for all kinds of pets, both furry and non-furry. And their employees are experienced, insured, bonded, and background checked. So you can rest easy knowing your pet is in good hands. Basically, they know pets. Um, I used to watch a Burmese mountain dog named Sven, who was just like walking a polar bear. It was insane. (laughs) Fetch offers pet sitting, dog walking, pet taxi, medication administration, and more. And he hated going on walks. I could like walk him around the block and then he was like, he just like to lay in the bathtub. So if you're looking for high quality pet care you can trust, check out Fetch at northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. That's northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. All right, we're back. It's it's time to pick our win of the year for Denver in 2023, the ultimate Rocky Mountain High, the 14er of Rocky Mountain Highs, perhaps. The 14er? We have, I don't know. We have 78 of them in this state. 78? 78? I just made them that keep number. Don't <laughs> oh, I'm like, that. don't keep 72. Uh, that's funny because when I was looking for stories, there was an article in the Post that said, why aren't people cl- as many people climbing 14ers anymore? And I was like, that's such a Colorado I know. question. What a, what a problem. Why are so many people climbing 14ers? That's a real <laughs> Why question. Why were there so many in the first place is what we should be asking. Seriously. Um, so maybe for this one, can I just seed the pot? Because I got a bunch of wins. Wow. Uh, tell me tell me what's interesting here. I gotta, I'm got going to throw a bunch of the wall. Um, car theft turnaround happened this year in Denver. Our car thefts went way down after being a huge problem two years ago. Now, why that happened? Very complicated story. We got a lot of responses to that episode we did last week. Yeah. Um, but it did happen, and that's a win. Uh, Quick Trip, Denverites fell in love with Quick Trip this year. Free gas. Free, or no, not cheap, cheap gas. I'm That's sorry. what they did. Like free gas. They, they didn't give like, free gas. They offered cheap gas. Yeah, the smiles excited are free, about a okay. chain gas station. I quick think so. trip. Uh, quick trip's the best. All right. How dare you? Okay. okay. People love like, it. I, know, I haven't heard like a bad word. The weird Download the King people. Supers app. Thank you. And they'll give you all of these points. I just paid thirty-five dollars to fill up. See, I know I go down to the one in Bear Valley for that reason. No, you go you go inside Quick cheaper. Trip, all right? You get treated nicely. They're very <laughs> quick. They're very nice. People <laughs> people that used to work there in Phoenix, you know, seven years ago, the best people in the world, okay? That's- Shout okay. out to the Quick Trip employees. <laughs> Joshua knows. <laughs> okay. Um, my other option here, this is a big one, I think is a real contender, is um, a six-way tie for the uh, Colorado, Denver, Boulder, Aspen, and Vail Tourism Boards for paying Michelin to come to Colorado. Oh, great. And then is that a win? Kelly Whitaker for being the only restaurateur to win two stars for two of his restaurants, Bruto and Wolf's Taylor. I think that's a win for Kelly Whitaker. Why don't oh, okay. you think it's a win? I was like, I feel like Michigan or Michelin just played us. They were like, oh, sure. Just pay us all this money and we'll come. Psych, only one of you gets an award. Who cares? I because I had it on 
the win list originally, mm-hmm. but then I thought about it. I read all of that stuff, and I was like, "This is weird, and it I don't understand like it." Play. So I'm take I it off. It is a little bit like that. I, I think it's a net good personally, but I think there is a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, maybe that one's not so much of a contender. Last one is just Mike Johnston. You know, this is the mayoral race. I think it's an obvious answer, but he beat 16 people to be our new mayor. That's a huge win. Let's go, Mikey J. Yeah, I, he was on my list too, just for like a. I know that the housing, the House 1000 thing has been complicated and not maybe executed the best way, but he's like actually trying, engaging with the community, engaging with folks. I like the way city council has stepped up into this as well. In particular, Chantel Lewis has been very on the ground about it. Mm. Um, So maybe this is more of a general win around our unhoused situation, but it just feels like something is being done in a different way for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I would credit that to the administration. Mm-hmm. It's on my list too. Is that new mayor yeah. Denver? Yeah. What's kind of crazy though is that he also got his car stolen. So it's kind of weird that <laughs> that he got he his touches car. too. Yeah, he touches th- two of them. I think he got it stolen in like a few years ago. He's right? had it or stolen was, twice. Oh, apparently. he just yeah. That okay. Oh wow. Yeah. People. Yeah. It really yeah. is a mayor of Denver. He really is. Okay. Yeah. He's a man <laughs> of the people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Brie, how about you? Any other contenders for win of the year? Um, oh yeah, I have a couple. I mean, DIY as a sort of like unofficial arts scene across mediums is doing really well here in Denver. I think, um, post the ghost ship fires in 2016 and just rents going up, it's been harder and harder for artists to create spaces for art to happen in a like non-commercial, non-corporate way. And a lot of, uh, folks are really thriving. I, um, I was interviewed for this great piece by Rocky Mountain PBS from Lizzie Mulvey about how it's thriving. And um, Seventh Circle said that they they do a membership program. So they're a all-ages DIY space that um, helps fund their rent and stuff like that through being a member. And then you can get into shows for cheaper. And they actually saw like a big rise in their membership. So people are really supporting it. Hmm. D3 Arts uh, in Westwood is doing incredible things. They're programming the 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 shows that they're putting on. It's like the most diverse, and I know we've talked about diversity. It's the most diverse I've ever seen DIY be in the 25 years I've been a part of that community. And it rules. Like, I love it. And I mean diversity in like backgrounds of people, but also ages of people. And, um, you know, Rhinoceropolis, again, the space formerly known as just recently reopened. I learned about another space this weekend called Creepatorium. So these there is places, something happening. There's, the energy is there. It's always there, but it's nice to see when it ebbs and flows and it be, it swells up again. And I think that the artists are doing, they're thriving in spite of prices in this place being expensive to exist. They're still doing it. And I'm just so proud to be a part of that lineage, but also love to see the next generation's doing it. So that's really refreshing to hear um, because I wasn't aware that that's a huge win. But, you know, and you're very knowledgeable in DIY art space. And when a lot of that shut down in what is now Rhino, and I remember that scene and a lot of those warehouses there. So I didn't really know where a lot of that went. So it's nice to see that, you know, it's more diverse and it's actually um, thriving. So that's... Also, even just the institutions getting DIY people as a part in doing projects. Totally. You know, Untitled at the Denver Art Museum is so cool now seeing not only just the two featured artists, but all the other artists that they're bringing along, seeing what they create together just for a single night. And then, yeah, MCA has always been so good about using the holiday space, using just the exhibition space, who they bring in. I Yeah, just so even like the, you know, the SVF, you know, tier ones and tier twos are like – Finding just creatives here in Denver and empowering them. Connections, yeah, Yeah. to bridge that from the sort of like unofficial to the more official. But that also means a lot of times I've been through that process is like then you get paid more. So you get to do the community work and then you get to move into these larger institutions that pay you. You know, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to watch the economics of that. But I agree with you. I think that Denver is really unique and we have a lot of institutions that support that level of artists. Yeah. Uh, shout out Redline real quick, too. Oh, I yeah, always forgot totally. about that. Yeah, Redline, yeah. Uh, Redline kind of set the precedence for 100%. that, too. They initially yeah. from opening have worked with artists in the community directly. So, um, yeah, we win for art from every scale, DIY and up, but especially DIY. Good job, y'all. You're doing it. You got me feeling something about that. Thank you. That's nice. That's, my job. That's a really nice one. Damn, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Are there more? Do we have more? I, yeah. I, that one feels great more to wins? me. I got a, I got a big win. I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. Uh, the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Yay! championship. First time in franchise history. Yes. Let's go. Our Aaron Gordon was in the street with his top popped, all right, because of how euphoric man. he felt. Man, people, you, I don't know if you saw the photos. It was like a Messiah figure walking. People just trying <laughs> I mean, to touch his pectorals. Part the crowd. And yeah. My friend <laughs> Karma was like in the street, like filming with him. Like, you're not going to believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, Nuggets, that is like the most important thing Ugh. to happen. It is the most awesome thing to happen in the city this year. Yeah. I mean, it's because also, as someone who grew up here, basketball was always really accessible. Like, as a DPS student, they always gave us free tickets. Those are free games. The Nuggets always came to our school. They would stay in school gyms. So a lot of us grew up being able to go to those games and see the Nuggets and never see a championship. So it was good all around. Like you said, people are in the streets. We love it when people are in the streets <laughs> in Lodo <laughs> after but, one of our sports ball teams wins. But the intergenerational <laughs> aspect of it too, Joshua and I were out on the street during mm -hmm. the parade and like, I mean, I was, we were talking with like. Multiple generations. Yeah, yeah. You know, grandmas that were like, oh, this is, I've been watching, you know, like, I'm trying to think who their favorites were. The but stable just... transplants are so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and so are the transplants. Like, never mind that Josh was a Suns fan. Was, <laughs> hey, man, Devin Booker's day. the truth, all right? You know? I was in the building, too, for yeah, game were. five and just seeing, I was right next to where the confetti shot off. And so it's, it's going to be with me the rest of my life. And I love Denver because of it. That energy, you can't uh, replicate. You just, like, it's hard to even describe when you're yeah. experiencing Okay, so the Nuggets, that's a huge one. Um, did you have more, Brie? I mean, mine were kind of statewide, but uh, universal pre-K, the fact yeah. that uh, I know that the bump out was a little, or the rollout was a little bit bumpy, but um, the fact that we have this opportunity for families to get uh, up to 15 hours a week of state-funded preschool before children are eligible for kindergarten um, from a from a care perspective, a price perspective, this is something that families struggle with. And I love that our state took that on as something important. I have a kid in this very age group and it can be kind of life-changing for a lot of folks, especially when we d you don't have adequate childcare. And I don't know, it's great. I just, I'm so, I feel good as a parent that I get to live here. Um, and then another sort of legislative That's one was one. just the further codifying of abortion access and gender affirming care. Like we know it exists oh. here, but our governor and um, other lawmakers have taken more steps to make sure that it's safe for folks even coming from out of state. We're trying to protect folks coming about out of state. That's how much we want to provide that, that both of those types of care. And man, that's another reason I think I'd probably ever debate living anywhere else. <laughs> it's important yeah. that re that reflects my values, you know? And yeah. as a person that's needed abortion access and had no strings around that, and it it saved my life and it it helped me be on the trajectory I am today. And I just want other people to have those opportunities. So, beautiful, I, I love it. Beautiful. Yours beautiful. have been so uplifting. Uh -uh. I was trying to go for good wins, you know. I don't know. Justine, you got some good wins. Uh, let's see what else I have on my list. Oh, free transit. For oh. people under 18, yes. which so we had our two months that. of free transit for everybody. That was statewide from a national grant or, and from local money that was allocated for this project. And then after August, it was free for anybody under 18, which is great for equity. Um, so many students use public transportation to get to school every day. That takes out any complication of having, having to get a pass or any of the deals that were worked out with DPS. That's done. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about who should ride the bus for free because we've talked about free transit. But then you're like DTC, eco chic people aren't paying and we're like, is this equitable? But hmm. who should get free rides? Kids. Duh. So it makes sense. And it benefits um you know, Coloradans as a whole. So I think that that is a great first step, especially as we're talking about climate change yes. and using more public transportation. That yeah. was a win. All right. So I, I, I've got so far, unless anyone has I have any, one you more. have one more. I have one Josh, more. Josh, give us more. Yeah. yeah. You guys keep giving me the big ones. Yeah. Casa, Casa Bonita. <laughs> yeah. Bought by <laughs> hey. Matt, gonna talk about Matt and yeah. Trey, you know, yeah. They, the South Park, it's one of the biggest institutions in entertainment. It's been around for two decades. Uh, Casa Bonita, the, the mantra is change nothing, improve everything. Uh, you go in there. It, 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 uh, it smells good. <laughs> All right. Uh, it yeah. smells like 
like it should. Uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, <laughs> one of the divers, uh, they were in Japan last year. They got 14th in the world at the Olympics. So when what? you're talking about divers wor- so talented. world-class divers, uh, we, we ain't lying. It really is world-class. No, the entertainment definitely, I mean, it was... It was uh, at first I was like, oh, the best part was it was kind of corny and like mm-hmm. kind of shitty, like, the, you know. But now when we went this last time, we saw Sorcero, the Sorcerer. magician. Holy Insanely shit. mysterious. So good. But like such an up, you know, like this is like we got top tier entertainment now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. There's a difference between corny and camp. And like yeah. you can do camp really, yeah. really well. And it's so fun to be a part and of. And also no yeah. disrespect to our young divers of the past. I have plenty. I know plenty of folks that that was a high school job. It was a great high school job. But I would say with the amount of upgrades they did, they needed to upgrade the entertainment. And they di- they did. It's mm-hmm. great. Oh yeah, and that was that was also on my list because of course that that and the uh, Nuggets to me were two of the most like Denver OG things that mm. happened. And even though it's technically in Lake Hood, um, <laughs> it's still Denver. <laughs> we still claim it. We still we always we'd like to skip over the fact that Casa Bonita is in Lakewood. <laughs> yeah, and that is a great shopping center by the way too. They have everything that I they would need. They got a Funko need. Pop store. Oh, they for, do for all your Funko Pop needs. Uh, yeah, they close on the once. Arby's. There's no magic so store anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a comedy show at West Fax Brewing. All right. Yeah. Once. When are you going to start doing comedy shows inside of Casa Bonita? I, y- are yeah, you I preach it to the choir. Okay. You know, <laughs> all right. Yeah. That, yeah. So the Sorcerer, where they do Sorcerer, I think it would be beautiful oh, for it's a, a comedy. It's a it would be great. perfect club. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a great room. All right. So before we crown Casa Bonita, there, we have to, <laughs> I, we got some listener nominations as well. Casa Bonita came up on both sides. Wow. So Bicey. as a counterpoint here, I thought I might read uh, a message we got from a listener, Kenny M from Cheeseman. Oh, hey, Kenny. Kenny writes, Denver's biggest fail is the reopening of Casa <gasps> Bonita. I understand how it would take at least a few months to adjust to the remodel and operations. So the email waitlist made sense. However, it has been seven months and a year out from the <laughs> exciting announcement video and the drawn out full reopen feels like a pandemic era delay. I know many people have attended Casa Bonita and no one is talking about it, which I would dispute. Um, (laughs) The reopening was a prominent opportunity for Denver, but Casa Bonita is like an afterthought. Why have that national press coverage if tourists can't attend? Its cultural impact feels diminished. Hmm. Fair points here, Kenny. Yeah. Fair points. The the access part is annoying. Yeah. I only got to go because I went to a private fundraiser. Mm. My lottery number still has not come up. So unless I had went to that private fundraiser, I would not have been there yet. The the lottery gets decided on Sunday. So if you get you, uh, you should just look on Sunday to see if you get the email. And if it's not on Sunday, then you got to wait another week to see if you get. And it's not by first come, first serve. It's fully lottery. And so there's some people that also game the system. They have like seven emails in there. I tried that. It didn't work. Well, (laughs) like how do you plan a trip to Denver? Street. I tried. (laughs) No, actually. Like how do you plan a trip to come and put that on your or tour checklist and you don't know my, if you can get in. Yeah, Kenny, old, that's a good point from Kenny that it denies yeah, tourists. That it's was nice exactly, for locals. My friend Ruben came for his birthday because he lives in Arizona and he comes here every year and he was like, he want, I was like trying every, I told his girlfriend, I was like, sign up, maybe you'll get the lottery. I don't know, but we yeah. couldn't get in and it does kind of suck. So I, I see that point. Yeah, it, it just, it's hard. It's part of it. Yeah, They're growing pains and they'll probably be open to the public in, uh, in the future, but <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to drop a date there for a second. <laughs> nah, nah, they, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, Justine, I think you said you had one more. Um, I do have one more and that was that... Back to my hood again. La Raza Park um, becomes Denver's third historical cultural district this year. And that's great news. Um, This is one of many cultural districts of three that we've had now, including the Lincoln La Alma Park designation a few years ago. But it's really exciting because I think for the first time we're starting to really highlight like uh, different cultures in Denver's history, not just like through a very white lens, male lens of like cowboys and you know, that mm-hmm. the Wild West story that they like to tell. So that's nice to, you know, finally have that recognition. And I think that's happening all over the city. So that's um, something that's really important to me because I often hear, I think that with a lot of the change, we don't see, we don't tell a lot of the old stories and this idea that Denver just 
started to exist or become this great city post-marijuana is, like, pretty disheartening. So I really like to tell mm. those stories. So the idea of La Raza Park, um, having this designation is really important. And it opens it up for, you know, telling the story in the future, for the preservation of the park, and continue to use it as a community space. Which is what the other thing I love about it is around this, the momentum around it before we got that designation was like La Raza Park Day. And like, you know, it was the Cruise Down Feds Day. And it was a really cool embracing of the fact that this this community is so integral to who Denver is. And also the city acknowledging we really did some wrong here. How do we celebrate these people that have rooted themselves and created the Denver that we know today? And I love I growing up, I mean, I kind of was like, I can't believe we're here. Yeah, well, in the nineties it was Columbus Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it pissed everyone off (laughs) as they rode past it every day. So to go from like this, you know, outrage and slap in our face of being Columbus Park to now being um La Raza Park, which there's an actual whole story behind that because it used to be called Navajo Park. Really? Yeah. And then the there was a big move and there was, you know, some cultural tension between a lot of the Italian Americans and the Mexican Americans in the neighborhood. And so they changed it to Columbus, which was the fir- makes it even worse. Wild. Oh. Went, and so then Chicano, uh, it's basically like a Chicano name, La Raza name now too, which there's a little controversy right, around right. that word. But yeah. that's like the interesting history of it. So taking away the Columbus name was so important and now honoring that moving forward is even more important wow this was a big year for denver i think the wins out outweighed the i do fails. too yeah. i think we had some now really that we cool, got a full I mean, list i'm optimistic you the know? car <laughs> the car theft turnaround quick trip mike johnston big year for the arts especially diy the denver nuggets universal pre-k further codifying abortion access free transit for kids casa bonita maybe Maybe a win, maybe a fail. Still undecided. <laughs> La Raza Park in recognition for uh, different, more more uh, historic landmarks and contributions to the city. Hugely important. Oh, man, that's hard. <sighs> Mike Johnston is coming to the top for me. Casa Do we, I mean, do we give it to Casa Are there too many caveats on Casa Park or... I still yeah. like the nuggets. Nuggets, yeah. Nuggets? yeah. The Team nuggets. nuggets over here, yeah. I could be up for the nuggets. I would have... It, any day, of course. <laughs> Done. I love Done. Of course, they earned it. They win, the they win the championship, you're the win of the year. Of course. Jokic, he, <sighs> he plays like a toddler, but he's amazing. I am tired of what's happening to him right now with the refs, but we will talk about this yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> the ref stuff is bad, but he's also a big baby, too. You know what I mean? They're not helping him when it comes to him liking basketball more. I know. <laughs> he like, said that really word, hate this job. Whatever. Anyway, yes. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I think the Nuggets is also an intergenerational story. Mm-hmm. We have sometimes have trouble thinking of ourselves, or we think of ourselves as a big city, but then we don't have these big things, and we have that big thing now. And it's not even just a sports story either, because this is like, you know, Stan Kroenke's team. This is his second championship in the city in two years, and he's got these big plans for developing, like, a new downtown next to downtown. Is he going to ride the headwinds of these championships to, like, bigger development? I don't know. It's it's a huge win. Hugely impactful win. Yeah. We'll tear it down when we win again. All right. Well, that's wins and fails of the year. Um, what a fun, what a fun conversation. Good tradition. Justine. Nice to think back at all of this stuff. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Thanks, you Interesting guys. Year. This was great. Justine Joshua, Bree, thanks so much for joining me. Thank thanks. you. Thank you. Yeah. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Natalie Rivera, and Olivia Jewell-Love. Peyton Garcia and Adrian Gonzalez write our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. Plus a holiday mix on some of our usual music by listener and local Jacob Bloom. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at CityCast Denver and tell Man Bear Pig about us the next time you see him. You can sign up for that daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Bye.